All right, we are on. Ron Aiken, how are you doing? Thanks for having us here. Hey, thanks for having me here too, but uh, I'm glad you came out to Vegas to do this. We are in Vegas. We are we are not live, but we're in Vegas. We're sitting next to each other. This is pretty cool. I don't do this often, so to get out and do a little road podcast, I'm kind of excited about it. We should have gone down to the, the uh, sports book and done this. <laughs> should have done it in front of the, the grand you know uh what the the, the fountain you know <laughs> something exotic yeah. um all right well listen um thanks for having us so i want to get into this so let's let's start with this I, I had um talked to you a second ago about this idea of preparing high school athletes for the olympic trials you you had a phenomenal olympic trials um there's no doubt about that everyone knows that you you ended up getting three women on the team which is just outstanding but but you you took a team of high school athletes and they had an incredible meet overall so just the mentality of preparing high school athletes for something like the olympic trials talk to me about the things that you and your staff were doing i just think overall you know that's the the, the focus of the program um is to get every athlete to you know their their highest potential um when they start getting to to my group um or the groups below that conversation starts about you know the making it to olympic trials um if they have the junior national potential um, national potential i you know firmly believe the more chances i can give them um to to get the olympic trials and, and even though they may just go for the experience um the next time around they're going to have a better chance of you know, getting to the finals and, and uh, you know, getting their hand on the wall, um, gaining just more and more experience. And I kind of go back to, to uh, um, I think some people think that the Olympic trials is too steep of a, of a hill to climb for, for 18 and under athletes. Um, but there was a time where, you know, USA Swimming took away junior nationals and they didn't have a junior national step. And then all of a sudden the time centers came back and they were just so far down the road that you're just like wow that's like a really steep climb and i just came to the point where i'm like you know time standards are just time standards we just got to get better all the time and not look at things as being so far away and just put point ourselves in that direction and that's kind of what our team has done is just always point ourselves forward um and not look at obstacles and i think some people may see the olympic trials as like oh, i can never make it there and i think those are the ones that just get blocked from making it there so the mentality on the team is um you know that that it's always possible to to make it and there's no roadblocks we're always just trying to get better well i i understand that sure but then there's the next level of that of like okay once you're there you're not just participating you're not you're not getting the participation trophy you're actually getting people on the olympic team you got three girls on the team so how then do you have that mentality of like not only are you going to go there to compete but you're going to go there to make this team well i just it you know that's the, the stats at the olympic trials that uh, a large percentage of people don't do best times mm -hmm. um so we look at those things and like look we just have to get there and do best times and we're going to place i think four years ago or actually five years ago um our average place we had like um, we had like 16 kids at trials and they all placed right around 14th uh, most of our events were you had to be in the top eight to get a second swim but a lot of our kids were like 14th um and that was just basically just the mentality of, of coming into trials and doing a best time knowing that uh, we would start moving up through the ranks 
And I think this just this cycle around was, you know, was even better for us because of the historical value of how well our team does do at trials. And each year we just did better. How much of that did you present to them? Like, you know that your staff knows that. But in terms of the information that you're giving the athletes, what, what is necessary for them to know in terms of building their confidence and making them feel like they can really get best times? You know, and then what's the stuff that you maybe hold back and they don't really need to know? So this this crew probably didn't talk about the you know the percentage of best times that are done at trials because that that could probably make them too nervous. Mm -hmm. It's like well everybody's gonna do bad, mm -hmm. so I don't want to to put that in their head. I think most of it this group was uh, easier to work with as far as understanding who the competition was and understanding the possibilities of if they did um, their potential in their event they could possibly make the Olympic team um or just make the make the final the, the you know the top eight i i always feel like you know as a coach you just you need to get them to the top eight and then the heart of the athlete will get their hand on the wall and make the olympic right. team so i just got to get them the opportunity to be in the top eight and then take things from there so this group was a little bit different individually um and what events that they were going for and managing all that too so all right well let's give a little bit of love to the girls that did make it and did perform Let, let's talk maybe individually about each one um first of all talk to me about bella sims um what makes her special how was she able to perform under the the biggest you know spotlight at, at that meet uh, just in terms of olympic trials for starters it was i don't think it was easy for any of them um especially for bella um but we tried to like set her up to swim well um we knew she had 13 events that she could have chose from mm. um obviously you know you don't want to get into that situation where you're you're over racing them mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden because you raced them so hard you took an opportunity to wave to to make the team or just left a little bit on the table mm -hmm. um so we didn't want to do that with her um we put her in the hunter butterfly to kind of just you know get the nerves mm -hmm. out and uh, shake off anything that might be going on mm -hmm. and get her through that and uh, that worked out pretty well she had the best time in the hunter fly she was in one of the last heats and there was only three people in the heat and uh you know it was just kind of put her through the motions um we always kind of had an idea that she could make the 200 free so making the 200 free was the goal with her because she was a 5500 freestyler mm -hmm. um and going into that to me being you got a 5500 freestyle uh, you got a great 800 meter free you should be able to come down and have a really good 200 free so we kind of focused on that with her and we got out of prelims and she went to 159 and i'm like i don't think 159 is going to make top 16 we're just i don't think we're going to make it yeah. And so we're watching the board, watching people come coming in. I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, it looks like everybody else just gave us another chance. Mm -hmm. So each step of the way with her 200 free, we just got a, an extra chance. And so I said, hey, you know, go go warm down, get ready. You, you have the, the 200 freestyle semifinals tonight. And uh, she goes back and gets ready, comes back, and she's just in the zone. She's She's focused, and she's got it going on. 
um, comes out and she drops another uh, half a second to a second, goes 158. Mm. And even that, she's coming out of semis like, oh, I don't know if 158 is going to get us into the top eight. And then the next heat comes in and I'm like, oh, man, we got another chance. <laughs> we got another spot, you know. So now we have a, we have a lane in the top eight. And um, it laid out perfectly for her. She was on the, on the side of the pool that I thought um, was going to be the best race for her. I think the other side of the pool um, would have been, you know, a different style of race. But this the race set up perfectly for her. She went into the wall last um, at the 150, and that's the heart. The heart of the athlete just mm. she just put her head down and went as hard as she could to the wall, and she ended up getting fifth. Well, there's the the race itself. Um, tactically, you, you know, what, how much did you talk to her about that, or how much was that just her being able to have free reign in that event? She she knew she needed to get out quicker. Like we just weren't getting out quick enough. Um, you know, it's it's. You, you coach plenty of plenty of people in 200 free i just think that front end of the 200 free can be really painful if you do it wrong mm -hmm. um so i think she just kept edging forward on that the front end edging forward edging forward um we still don't get the third 50 like we need to um just it's her her last 50 is so much better than her third um but we're still constantly working on that just having an acceleration on, on third 50 but um you know, the maturity of the athlete and where she is being, being 16 years old. I think that we're just weren't there yet for that part of it. Um, but yeah, was, there were some tactics involved and, and, uh, and just also the natural ability of yeah. knowing that that side of the, of the pool was going to kind of dictate the right kind of race for her. And she was going to be able to respond because of who she is. Just, just the competitor, you know, just the eyeball, the eyeball was mm -hmm. going to be there just in time and take her to the wall. Wow. So she she's not afraid to race, then she no, she loves that, it. No, that girl loves to race, and I think all of them do. I mean, Erica and Katie, mm -hmm. um, you should watch them in practice. They all want to get their hand on the wall, and and they're going back and forth on each other all the time. Well, that, that's how they got each other, which is fantastic. Um, you said she qualified for thirteen events. I, I mean, so. I think it was thirteen. I mean, that's ridiculous. So in terms of where she's at in the two hundred free, is it is that something that will be a focal point, or it could go any direction in the future? Uh, it, I think she can go in any direction. Um, right now, she doesn't like it, but her backstroke is doing really well. So she went a 151 short course backstroke, wow. and um, she's getting a lot of compliments on that. It just, uh, I think she's a great short course swimmer. I should be great in college. I think great short course meters um, with all those pro events that are down the road, their short course meters. Um, yeah, just uh, all together, she, she has a lot of, of range and um flexibility to to go in different directions yeah, what a dream for a college coach then has she made her college decision yes so so she's uh she chose the university of florida um that's most recently in the last couple of months so okay. well good for her congratulations it's a great school great team um they, they got some they got some kids down there that can swim right now so um she'll do pretty good down there that's, that's for sure destro swim towers Gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T, -T, at checkout. DestroMachines.com Vasa has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years. Vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch. Add a few Vasa trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool.
Go to vasatrainer.com, use code BREAD at checkout, and get 10% off anything from Vasa. Uh, Dwight, tell me about Katie Grimes and uh, what's what makes her special. Um, Katie's always been like um, really, really good. Um, but she's always been in groups where she's the youngest, you know, so it's kind of like the older kids. And then she, she was just, she's always like chasing these older kids and her throughout her groups. And so she gets kind of camouflaged with that a little bit. Um, and then she's the last one to age up sometimes. And so, or, and that's also, she's getting into the next age group and she's at the bottom of the age group or the older kids are just kind of like just in front of her, just a little bit in front of her. Um, but she's super competitive. Uh, she always wants to win. Um, she's really hard on herself. You know, as, as a young kid, she's just like, she wants to do better. And she gets, I said, gosh, I should have done this better. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. She's always evaluating how well she's doing. Um, but yeah, the, the trials with her, um, and it just the nerves are not really nerves. You know, you get there and it's like, you think that you have to try even harder. Right. Right. And, I, she I, had an issue in the first event, right? The 400 IM? Yeah. So that would, you know, I still think that's her signature race. Um, it's one that's going to be the, probably her better, better race. We're just kind of getting that breaststroke down. But she hit the hit the 400 IM, and you could just see that the overstroking and the trying too hard, and then you're just not catching the water. And she still did really well, did her best time, but it was not the drop we were looking for. Um, and she kind of shook that one off. Um, was pretty upset. I think she had some an emotional breakdown for for a little bit, and then she bounced back for the next race, got a little bit better, um, and then of course we all saw what she did in the mile. Just all of a sudden, in the mile, she finds herself she's like sneaking up on the competition from the outside, mm. and then all of a sudden she throws down a twenty eight on the last fifty of her mile, and at that point the confidence started going through the roof. <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll do it for you. <laughs> right? Um, well, that is an interesting aspect, though. You know, for someone that has kind of like her eye set on her pet event or the event where she feels like she's going to do well, and then that's the first event, and she doesn't do anywhere near she wants where she wants to do, and then to come back and actually make the Olympic team—that's there's a lesson there for everybody. I mean, every swimmer in the history of the world is going to have a situation where their first swim at a big meet, where all the expectation it just doesn't go to plan. So. So what's the lesson for everybody in this? It's a, yeah, just you just got to keep moving forward. I mean, that's just the the big thing is that you know put your pants back on and and get out there and, and keep competing and and don't let the you know the whole meet you know end on a on a, a bad start. You know, that's just it, a lot of it, it wasn't her training. It wasn't you know anything that we had done wrong. It was just you know the, the nature of the beast, especially that meat. You know, that meat is so intense and, and, and I think that there's a situation where, um, I had come to her like two weeks before and I felt like her, I am was doing the way it doing really well in practice. And I thought, you know, and look, I need to tell her like, she legitimately has a shot of making it in the four and AM, um, and that I believed in her and that she could do it. But I think that mounted too much pressure. And so she tried even harder. And maybe if I had just like, just let it go and not, you know, not, not tell her how, how much I thought she was going to do better or, or have a chance, maybe she would have um, relaxed more and just enjoyed the meet instead of having an expectation of making a team. Um, 
but I also felt like if I didn't tell her, then then maybe she'd believe that I that I had the confidence in her. So I had to kind of give her a little bit of that and 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 come with some strategy. I I actually wanted her not to shave in the morning of the mm -hmm. four a.m. because I felt that she was swimming well enough um, unshaved throughout the season that she could probably just drop time without shaving in the morning and then have a shave in the afternoon um, and, and go a lot faster, at least have that in her back pocket to be like, I'm going to drop even more time tonight. Um, and then she opted not to, she just felt like if she, uh, if, if she did that and then missed the opportunity to make the top eight, she'd be disappointed. So I'm like, I left it up to her, you know, go ahead and, and, and do that if you feel better about that. But then we said, she's got, just got out too quick. Um, and then, you know, we, I think we had the same problem with the, with the 400 free. She didn't do that well in that. Um, and then just started figuring it out. That's incredible. Gives you more time to kind of settle in. Yeah. And so once she settled in, it's like, okay, you know, yeah, yeah. nothing's wrong with me. Yeah. I didn't have that time in the 53. <laughs> it was going bad. It was, it was, it was over quick. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, that, that's, that's incredible. I mean, credit to her. That's awesome. Uh, has she made her college decision? Uh, no. So she's the youngest and, uh, she's probably heading into that this, this summer where you're going to have to start thinking about where she's going to go. Um, I'm sure the coaches are circling around and, and trying to <laughs> circling you. Yeah, it's just like, everybody's my friend, right? <laughs> yeah. You got a lot of new best friends. Exactly. I'm so glad I'm out of that. Well, I'm your best friend now. Cause I'm not out of any part of it. She can go wherever she wants to go. That's awesome. But that, that's pretty cool. I, I'd imagine that it does get pretty hectic. And I mean, you've, you've done it now with a couple of other people. So, I mean, it would get hectic. All these coaches wanted to come through and, and see the program. Are you open to all that? Like coming in and, and, and oh, taking part? Yeah, I definitely uh, sharing, you know, it's important. I mean, kind of like our talk last night, I think it's, uh, you talk to the kids about sharing with each other and, and you get back two times the amount or, or more tenfold. Mm -hmm. um, I learned that a lot where, <clears throat> especially in the local area, trying to help as many coaches as possible. And, and uh, I think that makes me better. And when coaches come visit and share about the program, I think it, it makes us all better. We're just sharing. Um, yeah, I'm definitely <clears throat> open to people coming in, watching practices. Um, when I am coaching, though, I like them, you know, let me coach, you know, and then if I'm coming over to you and, and, and explaining what I'm doing, that's that's fine. But try not to interrupt my, my conversations with the athletes because they come first. Like, do you do you give them um, guidance in, in terms of your opinion on where they should look? And uh, I mean, do they come to you for that? And you are you open to that discussion? Um, I You know, we do. We weigh the options, you know, um, uh, you know. To be honest, you know, college coaches, they have track records. So you just kind of go over that and say, no, we've, we've sent these athletes here, these athletes there, or, or that particular athlete has gone there. Um, we don't really know what's going on on campus or, you know, what the, the athletes are doing that may cause them to either get better or worse. Mm -hmm. um, but we evaluate all that stuff. Um, also coaching personalities, you know, how someone may be able to manage a, a female athlete better than a male athlete or, you know, just how they may click and, and, uh, you know, just get along better. The chemistry, I think chemistry is huge, um, between the athlete and the coach. So, um, you know, if that chemistry is there, um, they'll know, you know, and also the chemistry with their visit. You know, I think one of the biggest things I tell them, is like, you're going to live here for the next four years, you know, um, if there wasn't swimming, are you going to continue to be there? 
and that type of stuff, just would answering you, all those questions. Would you ever be disappointed if they made a decision that you weren't entirely comfortable with? I think back in the day when I first started coaching, I was pretty I, – I'd get upset if they didn't listen to me. Uh, but now I'm like, you know, I just this is my this is my advice or this is what I think, and these are the things that are out here on the table. And, um, you know, it's just – I rather just kind of inform them of – of my opinion and then uh, it's up to them from there you know that's pretty much it i, I don't hold anything against them on their choices or yeah. whatever so um yeah yeah cool well talk to us about erica sullivan um she's an interesting case because she had committed to usc and then COVID happened and then she changed the commitment now she's at texas and thriving but um just talk to me in terms of her preparation and and her success at the olympic trials that was a, that was an interesting story. It's a, it's a long story, but um, yeah, her you know just watching her in 2017 was kind of where this this whole thing came together because I think right around 2017 is when they announced that they're going to add the 1500. Mm -hmm. um, and so when they announced that they're going to have the 1500, um, there were more opportunities for uh, distance female athletes, and so she was getting a lot of help from USA Swimming. Um, she was getting more opportunities to make. Uh, world championship teams um pan pack teams and um it was just playing into into you know preparing her for you know the 2020 games which ended up being 2021 um the preparation with her was you know just it's it's a super long story um but it it, it came together over you know distance per stroke and and tempos that we kind of talked about last night mm -hmm. um yeah just uh it's really hard to kind of explain that one. Um, I think in a podcast, it's kind of like, I need like all these charts because <laughs> it's just like, there was a, so many charts that we had and, and uh, her stroke count was, she was taking 50 strokes of length in 2017. And, that, and that's basically what you told me last night is that she was overrating. And, and so what you wanted to try and do is build in some length into a stroke. And it, that took about three years. Right. So the goal was to, to bring her stroke count down to to at least a consistent like she was wild at 50 just just mm. super wild turnover i'm like wow i'm like we can't do that um and so i said 48 is pretty much where we we started um and then we took off one stroke per year and we got to 46 46 was kind of our sweet spot um when practice and then we started edging the tempo over the last year and a half um, where she was like a 1-0, and, and she, when she went to 46 strokes, her tempo was a, like a 1-4, and she was still getting it done, you know, getting the job done, but I knew her potential was to be able to bring it down, and then the mathematical equation for um, her overall goal time uh, was going to be you know 46 strokes at a tempo of 1.22, mm -hmm. and so we worked that 1.22, and uh and you're doing you're doing tempo trainer work with that yeah so we have a, a signature set that we were doing with her and that was uh 30 50s um to 36 50s and it kind of progressed from the beginning of the season was 10 to 20 to 30 and then back down on on taper time we'd mm -hmm. come down down to 10. um what are they on there so i i would manipulate the interval sometimes uh, but at first they were always just on the minute more 55 seconds um and so she's getting about 20 seconds rest 
And then I started pressing it because she started getting so good at it. I would go minute one week and I would the next week go 55 and the next week go down to 50. When we were going on 50, you start seeing things start to fall apart a little bit. Mm -hmm. So then I would go back and we could progress forward again to, to the 52nd mark. Um, but the interesting enough with her and her silver medal was um, we got to, to the games and it was just so strange that she just in prelims, she swam 44 strokes a length mm. and she says, it was so easy. She goes, I don't know what just, I'm like, well, we're whispering on the pool deck. <laughs> like, like, Oh my gosh. You know, it's like, this is like, this is, yeah. And I shut it down. I'm like, I'm like, Oh man, this is going to be really good. You know, it's like, so we're just whispering. And I think NBC caught us in the corner, just whispering about it. And I was like, Oh, I'm like, what? I'm like, she's like, yeah. I'm like, we're just like looking at each other. <laughs> Like oh, this is really good. This is really good. She's at forty-four strokes, which is like we just know what that we knew what that meant. Right. And then she came out and she did it in the in that race. I was like, oh wow! So this is beautiful. And as I told you, I was standing next to Greg Troy. And I was like, Greg, I said this is everything we've been working on, and then just and it just it just took off another two strokes that we were just so consistent and adamant about the tempo and the stroke count, and then all of a sudden she just took another two strokes off, and it was just it came naturally. That's nice when, when it all clicks like that, yeah. especially at the Olympic Games. Yeah, I'm like, keep it together right on time, right? <laughs> That's a bonus. Yeah. Swim Angelfish. Swim Angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities. Swim Angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism, physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to swimangelfish.com today to apply. What was it like for her to race a, a legend in Katie Ledecky? Was that nerve wracking? No, I mean, she, she'd always been like, you know, just just been kicked by that horse, you know, every single time is you get up on the blocks. And when she was, you know, in, in 2016, 2017, she told a story about how she was at trials in 2016. Um, and I think she was at the same heat and she's swimming in one direction and the camera's going the other way. And you know, that's, that's Ledecky going that one way. And she's like, man, this just sucks. That's demoralizing. Yeah. yeah. So it's every time. And then, I think it just got to where that camera wasn't so far away each time. It wasn't so far away. And one of her like visions in her head was, it was rowdy, you know, talking about how they were going head to head. And like all of a sudden there, cause Sullivan's here mm. and, and racing Katie and they're just head to head, head to head, or at least she's in the camera vision and stuff like that. And that kind of happened in, in, in the games where all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, there's this charging horse coming from the back end of this race and out splitting Katie Ledecky. And it was, it was pretty exciting. So like everything that she kind of manifested in her head was actually playing out. Right, it was right. really good. What, what kind of coach are you at, at, at that particular moment when, when that's happening, when you see it all come together, are you inside yourself jumping up and down or are you, are you outwardly jumping up and down? It, it depends. I mean, in, in Tokyo, you were kind of like stuck in, in, in where you were. So the celebration part was, was really hard. Um, but at the same time, like it, you could catch me doing the nesty where I'm just like screaming sometimes. It just depends on how much room I have. You didn't try the Dean Boxel move. 
No, you know, I didn't. I didn't. Um, but I, I wouldn't be too far from that. But Erica said, you do that, I, I disown you. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, oh, don't worry, I won't do it. So, um, but yeah, I've, I've had times where I'm jumping up and down and, and you know, waving, waving a flag and, you know, waving papers and, and getting them to go. And then there's this like next to the other guys, you know, next to Greg and, and Ray Luz and those guys and just watching it all come together was more of a, uh, you know, an accomplishment of work you know, over, over three to four years of, of watching this girl develop and, and everything that she's done and listened to me about and, and to work through it. It was just kind of like a, it was a very big accomplishment right. altogether. Right. Well, in my head, I'm like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, incredible performance to get three people on the team. Um, I guess the only other person we have to talk about who was at the Olympics that wasn't officially on the team was you. And um, that was a real shock to a lot of people. There was a huge public outcry in terms of the fact that here's a, a high school coach who gets three women on the Olympic team. Just unheard of, really unheard of. And and not only that is you had three people on the team. It was, that's a, that's a big number. Um, and and then and then they left you off. They didn't announce you on this team. That must have been a real kick in the guts for you personally. Yeah, um, I don't want to say it was a kick in the gut, really, because you know what? What do we? What do we tell our athletes? You know, not to overreact, not to do different things like that. But uh, in my mind, um, you know, I, I just I I felt I did everything possible mm -hmm. to you know get these kids to where they were, and that was pretty satisfying. I mean, I couldn't be. I couldn't let that um, bother me because I needed to enjoy the moment mm -hmm. of like, these guys were incredible. The team swam incredible. Um, you know, not just the three. I mean, everybody that was swimming under me at the time at, at the trials just did fantastic. And I didn't want to be, you know, a kid in the grocery store kicking and screaming. Mm. I want that toy. I want, I want this. So I didn't want to do that. Mm. Um, as a coach, you know, at that level, you you understand that the the process sometimes better than than most people in the general public understands it. It's metal counts, potential metal counts. I, I wasn't doing the math, and then afterwards, I kind of did the math. I'm like, ooh, I'm like, kind of, why didn't I make the team? But <laughs> um, and it's, so you know, you kind of do that stuff, and you you know, you figure certain things out. And you're like, okay, well, that might be why. And there's certain decisions that were made, but. Erica had asked me, she goes, aren't you upset? And I said, Erica, I said, look at the comments, all these comments about this stuff. I don't have to be upset. Everyone else is upset for me. Mm -hmm. And that was, and that just, I'll go ahead and just let that go. Um, you know, and let the general public, you know, you know, pitch for me at that point. And so who, who, uh, when did you find out that you hadn't made it? Had, did, was it before the announcement or did you have to sit there and listen, wait and hope? Well, um, Shoot, I want to say uh, I got a text from USA Swimming um, at the night uh, that uh, Katie had made the team. And I'm like, oh, I go, this might be my, you know, you're going to be on the team, you know, phone call or meeting. So I had a, a meeting to, to meet uh, with them in the morning. Um, I was pretty hopeful that I was going to be on the team at that time. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it's just, and then they, they let me down. You know, they, they just said, you know, hey, we're going to do uh, everything we can to get you to the training camp. Um, we're going to try to get you to Tokyo, but there's no guarantees because there was 
you know, the credentialing and everything that had to go. Um, they had already selected um, their coaching staff, I think. Um, and then so you had Brent Ackerley, uh, Arky, and I uh, were invited to the camp and we're just kind of waiting to see um, if we we're going to go any further from there. And so you, hang on a second, you had um, you had swims still to take place by, by the time you'd found out or the swims were over? Uh, the swims were over. I think it was, it was it was coming up to the final day. I didn't have anybody on the last day. Okay. Um, I think they were naming the staff uh, that morning. Mm-hmm. So basically you had the whole morning session. There's no more prelims, right? Uh, it just goes straight into finals the last day. So I think there was a big coaches meeting. Um, and then they just introduced the introduced the staff at that time. Did they give you a chance to kind of um, vent privately or question privately? No, um, I, I I was pretty much the good soldier, just you know what I was told to do, and 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 did what I was asked to do, and and went from there. I didn't want to question anybody's job, or you know question you know why. Um, I don't think that's. I'm not making any friends by questioning other people on how they do they do their job. Sure, so, yeah. sure. well, then there was there was also some heat with the fact that they had offered you a chance to go to the, the training camp and then even to get credentialed on the Olympics. There was some there was some outside heat from that. So it was like it was almost like you're in this no win situation. You weren't on the team, but then you kind of invited on, and then people had an issue with that. So it's like it, it must have felt like you were getting it from all angles at one point. No, nah, it's like I, I didn't feed into it. And really feed into it. I just was like enjoying in, enjoying the moment of being able to go with the girls uh, and be their coach. I think that was like the most important part. Um, I felt like if I could hand if I had to hand them off and they had another coach going into Tokyo, um, I think they would have been fine uh, at that point. I think just being able to to get that two weeks in in Hawaii and set them up really well, I think was fine. Um, but yeah, it was a roller coaster, you know, as far as going and and not going and going and not going um but you know i just i just did everything i could as day to day you know so every every day was a good day and then i didn't know if i was going to tokyo until i think it was like two days before or three days before we actually flew out so i remember calling my wife and letting her know i was going to be able to go and Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so she was excited for me, but then, uh, it was like four hours later, she, she calls me back and just rips me a new one and lets me know, like, I've been gone a long time (laughs) and that, uh, when you get back, you're going to have a lot of stuff you've got to do around the house. And, and I'm like, yes, (laughs) ma'am. So that stuff was going on. I love it. I love it. Uh, Well, for all those people that are watching and thinking, oh, Brett's really digging here for some sort of controversy. I'm telling, I'm asking the question because I would have been pissed. You're, you're better than me. You said you're the good soldier. At that point, I would have been really pissed and I would have been questioning privately not obviously not publicly um but you know if if i get three people on the olympic team i expect to go that's just the way i feel i mean so i, I certainly would have been questioned so you're a better man than me so i'm not digging okay i'm just telling you my opinion but I, I, I think there was a time in my career where, where um i would be pissed and i think i'm more disappointed in, in that situation but i also didn't want any negative energy or any like right, right. disappointment around the girls sure, sure. so i was just i was doing everything i could to make sure one the girls didn't feel like i was disappointed or getting short shorted or yeah or you know my coach is getting screwed and then you know how how would that make the entire olympic 
atmosphere team feel like you got this guy over here and then his three girls are upset because he's getting yeah. so so i was pretty much doing everything i could to to uh just not let that take over my mindset yeah for sure now you have that meeting and the moment you walk out the door that's it it's handled it's over event heat lane name of swimmer times and places it's called swim nerd live and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart tv phone or other device there are so many things you can do with this software a very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results one click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time go to swimpractice.com to learn more where did you stay you weren't in the village no so um all the assistant coaches um were not in the village um because of uh, the one the delay in the games left them with less um housing uh in the village so uh the number of beds that usa swimming was able to get uh was not enough so i think one of the um, options were to put all the assistant coaches um off site um, and we walked into the into the the venues every single every single day and afternoon just back and forth uh so you're all together at least we were we were um yeah i i got to share a room with uh peter andrew mm. so and then uh, i snored him out of the room so <laughs> he ended up getting his own room at some point he couldn't sleep Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, that's classic uh he, he's a he's a good man and uh had a had a great conversation with his son just recently so um good good family but um well then bella gets the the silver in the four by two relay katie gets fourth in the 800 and and erica gets the silver in the 1500 do you feel that was about as successful as you could have been is there any room there or you feel pretty good about it um i i think overall uh i could have done better for katie um it just i was like i you know i don't even think i've talked to katie about this but i i wanted her to swim that 800 um and keep an eye on um katie and 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 arnie you know to just keep an eye on that and see if it starts to fall apart to take a shot at it so i wanted her to stay in the neighborhood of that race um and i kicked myself over and over again is like if i would just i mean how do you tell an athlete to swim for third mm-hmm. you know how do you how do you go into the Olympic games and have an opportunity to, you know, you have a back half on you that may be better than everyone else. If you can stay within range of them. And because I told her to keep an eye on, you know, Katie and, and Arnie, um, it took her out of the race for third because she was too exhausted to finish like she normally does. Um, so she didn't manage it well enough. And, if I had just wanted to get her a medal, I just could not, I could never go to her and just say swim for third, but that means a lot, a medal or not a medal. Mm -hmm. And it's like, do, if I had to do it over again, how would, how would I be able to explain to her to that? Hey, you know, we also can't lose sight of third. And I just, I had to, I think I'll have a better way of, of explaining that and keep it, you know, make sure all of these things, are, are taken into consideration as well because 
if she would just swam her best time, she would have been third. She just needed to swim her race. But yeah. we ended up swimming Arnie's race and Ledecky's race. And then that just, you know, that, that kicks, I kick myself all the time thinking about how she's a bronze medalist and we didn't swim for bronze. We, we swam to beat Katie and Arnie. You know, we wanted the opportunity to beat those two yeah. um, and, and keep ourselves in a range where, cause she, if she hits, she's still developing. And if she hits the right uh, rhythm and her stroke at the right time, she's in that eight, 13 range sure. she's she's swimming an 813 when yeah. it comes together well, i can i can see that and i can see i can tell why you're kicking yourself you're competitive and you're you're a coach that wants the best for their athletes but maybe looking back even even in paris she may look back on that experience and think i needed that i needed that fourth place you know it, it may propel her to something greater i mean i i got to watch her last night for a short period of time and she does look like she's still developing she's she's a young girl who is extremely talented works very hard but she's got much more in her and and maybe this fourth place here will serve her well who knows it could be that way yeah no that's i i agree totally and just just watching her and the coordination is still is still awkward it's still like just trying to find the stroke the way she needs to and the kick gets off balance and it's just all those things that you see with a long body that's developing and not quite in balance yet so all right well listen let's talk about your program specifically then you have a very um specific type of program that works for you and i'm, I'm just talking about the, the athletes in in your elite squad right now not not your whole program um but in terms of what you're trying to achieve with your athletes wh what are the things that you're trying to get out of them each season like let, let's look at this season uh, or even the last season, you can maybe be reflective of like, what were you trying to build? From season to season, of course it changes. It's always, it's not the same thing um, each time. You, you, I come off my competitions and, and start evaluating like where our weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. um, also, you know, looking at the opportunities that each athlete might have um, to be able to, you know, make a team or, where's the target swim meet, you know, that we're going to go to, to place the highest. I, I take a lot of pride in trying to get as many kids as I can on the national junior team and the national team. Um, How much time in preparation do you need then? So if you're, if you're aiming for a meet out here and you're looking back in terms of the periodization, how much time do you feel like you need in that season to get them prepared for that big meet? Uh, sweet spot right now is between 21 and 18 weeks. So 21, 18 weeks and I'll get, I, I get two a year like that. I'll, I'll, I'll target two meets for 21 to 18 weeks apart. And then we'll strategize a plan to land the plane. We call it, it's like, you know, right. um, will you give them any chance other than the two times a year, will you give them a chance to have short rests? Well, I think they get natural short rests. I think everybody coaches will agree to this. It's like, um, I try not to get out of the training cycle. Uh, too often i also don't want to beat them up too much going into a competition so um we play the the amount of intensity into the swim meet um preloading the week knowing that like well the intensities can come off because we're going to be pretty intense going into the right. into the week and then of course getting on a plane or getting in a car is four hours you know recovery travel time whatever it might be out of the water 
I think they naturally get a, a good three days of rest. Um, we also have a, a pre-meet uh, practices that we run every single time. I don't know whether it's it's something that does does it for them or whatever, but I think that the, when they get in and we do our pre-meet 2100s, which is like we alternate between a white and red pace, and then the next day is like a flush of IM work. When they kind of see that coming, they're like, "Okay, race is, race day is coming." It's like right. it just sets them up for race day. Right, right. It sounds like uh, like maybe like an urban a band check has had kind of an influence on your program. Is that correct? Um, not not as much as people might think with with herbs. Um, more of Doctor G back in the day, um, and I think it was 2000, 2006, uh, I had I had. I just would kids were only some like fast uh, once or twice a year for me. And that was just, I was just really giving them too much volume with low. I wouldn't say too much volume. It was the right amount of volume, but there wasn't enough speed. Mm. Like I wasn't asking for uh, them to go fast. And so I, I took my notebook and I opened it up and I sat with like three days with Dr. G and kind of went through everything. And he goes, you know, right. You just don't do enough fast stuff. Mm. I'm like, that was all it was. And so since 2006, it was, it was the fast stuff. And so he was, he was more of the influence on this is how the color system works. Right. Um, and um, whatever uh, herbs had out, I would read and study and look at some of his stuff. But um, even the assistant coaches here will tell you, I, my mind works differently than the right. color system. Mm -hmm. um, and so we argue over what, what real SP one, two and three is. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're still trying to like understand the way my mind works on that versus uh, the way it's across the swimming community, how right. it works. Right. So yeah, I would, I would think that uh, Dr. G is probably the, was the biggest influence um, with the training uh, plan. Mm -hmm. You know, there you go, Dr. G. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers to you. <laughs> um, I talked last night in terms about uh, manipulating um, volumes and intensities for sprinters and, and you and I had connected on that after the talk. What, what does that mean for you and your program? Is that something similar that, that you do? So it's, it's, it was, uh, your explanation was different from, from mine, uh, in my mind. Like I'm thinking I manipulate the, you know, the, the, uh, amount of rest that they're getting on those sets, right. um, and, and kind of play back and forth on, certain distances uh and what you know a 200 pace would be over over an 800 and just different things like that so i'm constantly um just pushing forward and, and backing up pushing forward and backing up uh, on different things and just the manipulation of of the sets and getting the same thing you know in different ways um instead of getting like instead of having someone go out and go a thousand for time i'm still getting my thousand for time by just kind of like moving the set around making it look different than than uh than a straight thousand for time but they re didn't realize they just did it so well, one thing i noticed about your group last night is when i go to a program where they are heavier on the volume um they tend to be uh not as technical i didn't see that with your group your your group is very technical they were swimming they had very good streamlines nice breakouts they were swimming in straight lines in and out of turns um into all their finishes without having to be told any of this stuff even just in the warm-up so i was really impressed with just the technical um, acumen their skills and that's 
fairly uncommon in in terms of high school programs that I go to where they are doing volume. It seems like they're just hacking through it. Your group is not doing that at all. No, we're not. Um, so there, there's a lot of conversations about strokes and and different things, um, but it's while the work's getting done. So even though we're running these higher intensity type practices, uh, I cannot stand watching a kid make a you know a technical error when they're swimming mm. um and i will actually stop them from what they're doing and and we'll talk we'll discuss like hey what's happening out there um why do you think this is happening with your stroke um can you do this a little bit better uh and then we go back and then they'll ask like hey is it better and yeah so we just I, I will i will stop them um i don't want any garbage type strokes being swum up and down the pool right. it just it would drive me nuts because that's what we get labeled for right you know, as coaches is is someone that's either not paying attention or paying attention um and i think overall you, you know if you're gonna do especially the work that we're doing you don't want to be labeled as a coach that's not paying attention to the technical stuff and that's why you know you know they're not as good as it could be if he would just take more time doing this so I've always been very conscious about making sure that the work that they do is quality work mm -hmm. and it's being done as correctly as possible. There's still some things that, that, you know, kids aren't doing perfectly because not, not everybody can be perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and not everybody's got the, you know, the ability to, to, to be perfect sometimes because they're all built different. Like we yeah. talked about the, the, you know, when you look at him straight down, mm -hmm. he was getting the power. And I think that's the other thing that, that some either parents or other coaches, don't understand is is when a kid is moving through the water and they're moving through the water really well and it's probably better than everybody else you might not want to mess with mm -hmm. it too much yeah. because there's a reason mm -hmm. why that kid looks a little bit different than everyone else yeah. and it's like maybe that's why they're as fast as they are yeah 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 i was talking about bruno last night and, and technically the, some of the things he does and how i just uh wouldn't normally teach it but i i didn't want to change it either but um so there's that for sure so that i'm glad you're, you're doing the same thing there um talk to me about the the structure of your staff real quick um yeah we got we're, we're, we got 10 minutes we got the call for 10 minutes he's uh jake jake's uh, wrapping us up here but um no that's fine just uh you know going about it i'm gonna, I'm gonna get okay well you know what we're doing we're good um talk to me about your stuff then uh michael kinross and um jake deroche um it sounds you know, i had spent some time with them and that they they're um you know disciples of yours but it seems like you've got the program set up so it's like here to here to here very fluidly very smoothly everyone's kind of working together and yet the coaches have freedom to to coach and run their own programs but it's within the context of what you're doing as well which is i just think it's great the way that you've set up the program so talk to me about it a bit well i've always i've always been kind of a hands-off uh coach so we you know we bring staff in and and um you know i think creativity within each coach is is, is valuable um i would i see other programs that have gotten really good and then they try to make it like a cookie cutter follow this manual and that might be where a lot of programs don't ex don't get to the next level as they become too big and then too cookie cutter and you know this their workouts are all you know you have to do this this and this or the head coach is dictating like all the practices mm -hmm. that someone has to do mm -hmm. um but 
they're all artists. And I, you know, I, I describe coaches as, as like, you know, like Dave Salo, he, he's an artist. Mm -hmm. He's, he's an artist. He's good at his work um, and, and what he does. Um, and I think each one of these coaches are their own artist and I got to give them the ability to take their paintbrush and put their, their own uh, spin on what works and what they see and kids, you know, it's like, you just, when you're talking to a kid and you're trying to coach a kid and you, you, um, you're doing everything you can to get them to do the work or do what you ask them to do. And so you, you have to give them that freedom to be able to do that. And so these guys um, do a really good job of under, trying to understand what I'm doing mm -hmm. and then also prepare kids for, for my group. Um, and I think that from the bottom of our program all the way through, it's about the coach below the coach trying to prepare for the coach above them. And it's just like, you know, what is it going to take to get this kid to the next level? And what would the coach really like to see handed off to him? And we all kind of collaborate on that kind of stuff, but we never tell someone what they should be doing. Um, you know, we give them parameters um, of like how much volume you should be doing or how much sprinting, that type of stuff, but let them put it all out there. And I think that's really important. Um, for a head coach to be able to do that with their staff. Nice. Last question. Then you have um, a select group. You've got you've got the top group, and and there's obviously standards and procedures in order to get into that group. So what? Just talk to me about how would an athlete get into your group, and what are the expectations? Yeah. So um, over the years, it's kind of progressed from where I would select them and and meet with them and ask them to be in my group um, to now where uh, they have to ask because it's because it's a it's a commitment and that commitment to me is like if you want to be in this group you willing to commit to, to making sure you're there all the time um you're going to work hard for me you know man there's never going to be a, a a low effort there's always going to be a very high effort um uh, attention to details um you're not just going to come to to be social and, and hang out. You're you're coming to do your job. So there, there's an agreement up front, then. So then once they're in and that that agreement's not being met, how much rope do they have? Um. So we kind of play around with like a three strike rule. Um. Got a couple people on there. Two two strikes. Uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> Watch out. Um, yeah. So it's it's uh it, it's it's like you know don't you know don't mess with me. You know just like. I, I work really hard. I work really hard to design a practice or really hard to design a season plan. I look, work really hard to land a plane for an athlete. Um, and if they're not doing their part, we'll, we'll have those discussions and say, look, you know, um, it's just not, this is not for us. And, and don't let this take away from everyone else that's in the group. So um, if they're not being serious and they're not following through on things, then, then we'll have those conversations about just, you know, just moving back down to the group you came from um, or, or moving to another team if it's really disruptive. Um, I haven't had to do that in a long time. Um, it's just, I think you just have to have those conversations more often with those guys. It's like, hey, well, why are you here? You know, and um, then they realize like, yeah, I'm really being dumb right now. I don't know why I'm being dumb like this. I'm like, well, okay, let's, let's, this is your warning shot of like, I've brought this to your attention that you're not doing everything you can to achieve your ultimate goals or not even that your potential. You know, we always want to 
reach your potential as much as possible, whether it's the, the Olympic team or if it's sectionals or whatever it is. But if you're not going in that direction, then why are we here? And it's like this time to like go ahead and, and, and move on from this point. Well, there, there it is. I mean, people are wondering what the secret is. There's a standard of excellence here at, uh, at the, at the team, Sam Pappas. So, uh, listen, that that's simple as that. I appreciate you sharing with us today. Thanks for, um, opening up about the program and what you guys are doing. Good luck in the future. Okay. Yeah, thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ron. Looking to host your first swim meet or replacing an old timing system? Run a swim meet with ease from your laptop using superior swim timing. You can use superior swim timing with your existing equipment, or they can provide you with a complete timing solution, including deck harnesses, buttons, and starter. SST is fully compatible with HiTech and Team Unify, as well as Colorado, Dactronics, and Amiga touchpads. Go to superiorswimtiming.com to learn more and be sure to tell them I sent you.